Shop Tottenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Mark Bickley, we are back for another podcast after a huge weekend. It's wonderful to look at... Well, it's not wonderful to look at you, I'll be honest, because you look hideous. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> Copped a bit of a whack across the weekend. Basketball to the face. Do you get competitive with your kids? Like, you actually don't like them beating you in no. things? I'm well, like that with Mario Kart with my they're, daughter. They're not quite at that level. Let's be let's be honest. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, basketball. Well, this is the thing. I was playing against my 11 year old son. He was on the. Uh, we were just doing a, the sh- shooting game. He mm. was on the last one, which was you had to shoot a three pointer, and uh, that's why was, the ball was coming at some velocity. And the net on our sort of outdoor basketball ring is, you know, it's only half sort of hanging down, and it was like it literally was a swish. It went straight through, but in the absence of the net slowing it down it actually hit the back of the rim and then rebounded straight into my face because i was sort of underneath sort of ready to get a rebound so that's what was his reaction did he laugh oh laugh he was rolling around what was your reaction did you go oh no i i doubled over so we're both rolling around on the ground me sort of doubled over in pain with what i think is a broken nose and do you really think it's broken i just heard it go and i've broken my nose before and that's generally the sound it is a bit Blue. Swollen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I wasn't all that happy with that. The eyes were watering. I was on the deck and he was rolling around with laughter. Uh, but then he sort of, there was some concern there. He thought he might have hurt me. Yeah. But um, anyway, once I was up and about, he was absolutely stoked that he'd won the game and donged his dad on the nose. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're here. We had a good show today. It's going to be another big week. We're going to work out what we're going to talk about after trade finishes. Mm. Yeah, well, there's, there's going to be there'll be a wrap up on Thursday, no mm. doubt about that. Um, and then I think we probably turn our attention to the draft. That's generally how the AFL works. Preseason starts as well. A lot of clubs, I think Hawthorne are apparently back already. Well, they get eight weeks from the end of the season, mm. so it's, you know some of their first and second year players would uh, be coming back. The older players get a little bit extra time, so they wouldn't be back maybe till mid to late November. I listened to a podcast with Isaac Quainor over the weekend. Dylan Friends. Yes. Very good chat. He's an impressive player. Very impressive player. Explosive. I wanted to ask you a question that was formed from one of the responses to a question that he was asked. Okay. Apparently, the Collingwood defenders Mm -hmm. have this mantra of look good, smell good, feel good, Play good. <laughs> okay. And Isaac Quainer has created his own cologne. Odie cologne. And he would spray himself about 10 times prior to the match. Yeah. As would all the other defenders. But it got to a point where Brendan Bolton, who I think is Collingwood's defensive mm. coach. Yes. He did the same thing for the duration of the final <laughs> series. Just to be part of it, which I kind smell of smell them like, coming from a mile off. I also know that uh, traditionally, I believe Nick Del Santo used to aggressively brush his teeth before running out to play a game. Oh, really? The smell. Did you have players that you played with that wanted to spray cologne on them pregame no. to run out smelling delicious? It, it was it was generally the opposite. You mm. tackle someone and you go, oh, gee, where's a bit of deodorant? Wouldn't hurt. Really? Oh, absolutely. Well, you imagine you got your nose under their armpit most of the time, and if it's hot and sweaty in third quarter, 
not Ooh. ideal. A lot of the players now take a lot of pride in how they look. Their well, hair's immaculate. I'll, I'll give you. I'll go one further. It's not just the players; it's young men in particular. Mm. Because my eldest son is fourteen, mm. and sometimes he comes out getting ready to go to school, and I can. He smells like he's um, just come out of the the chemist warehouse sort of uh, sample. <laughs> I'll wear. Are you a big cologne guy? No, not really. I, I. I can tell. <laughs> I spray it infrequently. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe special. If I'm going out somewhere, had a shower, I put on some kind. What, what's what's your uh, cologne of choice? Paco Rabanne. Excuse me. Paco Rabanne. Paco. Paco Rabanne. What are you saying it like that? Because that's how you say it. Paco Rabanne. Oh, okay. Um. What else? Uh. uh Paco Rabanne. That's Versace. Mm. I like good smells, but I'm a very smelly kind of guy. Like oh, well, I'll put deodorant on, I'll put yeah. body yogurt on my head, then I'll spray the... Um, body yo- body yeah. yogurt? Yeah, it's called that. It's a disgusting name. Body yogurt? Mm. Uh, you mm. going to ask me what cologne I use? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you use the um, Dolce de shit. <laughs> 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 what do you use? Mont Blanc. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> My daughter gave it to me for Father's Day. So. What, about 20 years ago? <laughs> no. no Mont Blanc. Yeah. Wasn't he in Friends? That's Matt. LeBlanc. Oh, that's Mont LeBlanc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, we laughed. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you. Mark Bickley is here in Studio Lumo looking across the desk this morning, powered by Lumo Energy SA after... Another huge weekend of South Australian sport. Bix, it's great to be back. This is our 91st show today. But who's counting? Good morning, Jared. Good morning, everyone that's tuning in. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Gone quick. It's gone very quick. I've had a really enjoyable 12 months with you. Almost 12 months. It's been wonderful. After, as I said, a, a huge weekend of sport, which we'll get to. But who punched you? No, I've got a bit of bark off my nose. because Again? Hit, I got hit by a basketball. If you can believe that. Did you go to the 36ers on the weekend? No, I didn't. I wish I did because uh, from all reports, uh, Trenton Flowers lit the joint up. But oh, he was blooming. <laughs> blooming great. Um, I was playing basketball with my son, my youngest son, um, Xavier. He's 11. And we were having a bit of a, a competition, you know, where you just we put about 15 cones out and you got to shoot one from each and the first one to get to the end. And you had to finish with a three-pointer. Well, he was leading and he had to finish with a three-pointer. So I was standing under the the ring and he drained the three pointer, hit the inside of the ring and then rebounded straight onto my nose. And I think broke my nose mm. and also took some skin off, which wasn't much. Looks fun. pretty bad because no, it was only a few months bad. ago that your wife was away and you walked into a door <laughs> and the same thing happened. Tripped over. Hmm. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting clumsy in my old age, but this one wasn't my fault. What had happened? We had, I don't know how a basketball can break skin. Well, let me grab one and I'll throw it from how how far away is the three point line? Don't know. You should know. Changes. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Anyway, it it um because the net was a bit frayed, uh, the the net didn't really slow it down. It just hit the inside of the rim and bounced straight into my face. 
had the eyes watering and um, like I said, I think I broke my nose. I've done it a few times and it sounded very familiar. So anyway, that was that, which wasn't great. But um, we move on. That's what happens when you're outside playing with your kids. The uh, NBA has a 22-foot three-point line in the corners, 23-foot, nine-inch line elsewhere. So I'll get 23 feet away, throw the basketball, and you sort of... I just don't think it should break skin like that unless you were using a rock as a basketball. <laughs> I was pretty pumped up. Mm. Um, and it's not like you to get competitive either. <laughs> So you would have been really oh, flat was, that you lost. I was, but I was just standing there minding my own business. I didn't even get my hands up from my sides. So, so are you questioning me? Are you saying that it's not from a basketball? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I believe you, <laughs> but I can. I just think that you're constantly in the wars at the moment. You had a half haircut last week. You, there's a crisis going on and it's the middle of your life. And that's all I'm saying. We're here thanks to Tyre Power. We'll get your free five-minute safety check. Speaking of basketball, I know we'll cover all of this in the, the sports update a little bit later on, but it was wonderful being at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre on Saturday night. I was there for three quarters because I had to leave to go to something else. And um, at halftime, I... Stop. You had to leave to go to something else. Yeah, I had a prior engagement, so I had the all clear from the 36s that I could leave at three-quarter time. But in the last quarter, that's when I missed all of the action when wow. next star Trenton Flowers scored 18 points in that last quarter, including this. McCarran, spin move. Flowers for three. He couldn't. Oh, yes, he can. Red hot. Take a bow, young man. Oh, yeah. This crowd are on their feet. For one man, Trenton Flowers. So that was wonderfully called by Paul Bonzer there. The mm. other time the crowd was on their feet at halftime with the halftime performance, where I'm not sure if you were aware, Mark Bickley. I saw you were, you were all pimped up. It's dressed up as Ken from the Barbie movie. Oh, I thought you meant Ken Inkley for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, it didn't look like Ken Just Inkley. Just went out and did an untenable dance. <laughs> um, it was the yeah. Pink Slam on Saturday night. Yeah. So. With the Hospital Research Foundation group, we're raising as much money as possible to fight breast cancer. And it was wonderful. So I had some pink shoes on, which was nice. You know, my love for shoes. Yeah. And then um, Lauren, who runs the, the dance company, Precision Dance, she said, we're doing a halftime show, which is a Barbie performance. And yeah. you're going to be dressing up as Ken. Well, there you go. And reluctantly, I'm like, no, of course, I'm not going to do that. But of course, I wanted to. So I went through rehearsal. Who's, and I, Who's the guy that plays? Is that Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. And I look a bit like Ryan Gosling, I reckon. If you squint. <laughs> I'll just take my glasses off. If he oh. shaves his head and doesn't eat for a month and <laughs> ages really poorly, I look like Ryan Gosling. Wow. I look like Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So um, big statement. basically, um, it got to the point where um, at halftime, uh, I would walk out and then be Ken. And I would have to sing. So the singing side Ooh, of things sing. was like, I had the song lyrics and everything in front of me and I was questioning what I was going to do, whether I was going to actually mime or sing. So I printed off the lyrics and put them on an actual basketball. So like putting them on the basketball, walking out at halftime, I was extremely nervous and um, I eventually got the job done and I was really happy and got have a we standing ovation. Have we got to any audio? No, but this is the funny thing, Bix. The amount of messages I received afterwards yeah. from people saying, Oh, ballsy, gutsy. You're an amazing singer. I actually had a South Australian singer, a performer, who has performed the national anthem at major events here at South Australia. Yeah. Chloe Castledine, her name is. She's a legend. She contacted me and said, am I able to book you for some singing gigs? 
because nobody knows that I actually wasn't singing and I've just gone with it. <laughs> you were miming, were you? I was miming. Oh, you must have done a good job. Oh, no, it was fantastic, mate. It was. Uh, you just outed yourself. It was a good weekend of sport. Then um, on Sunday, and I should say this as well, happy birthday to Adelaide United today. It's Adelaide United's 20th birthday today. Today is the anniversary of the first game against Brisbane at Hindmarsh Stadium where Carl Viet scored that first goal and that famous victory. 16,000 people at Hindmarsh Stadium. And um, last night there was a, a premiere of a 30-minute tra- a, a little documentary movie mm. called The People's Club. Uh, ben Coonan is a guy from the Central Coast who's put it all together. We saw it last night. It's amazing. It's Unbelievable weeks. If you think about think about the the history of the Adelaide United Football Club, it's had some successes, some some challenging times. Sunday was the first women's game at Hindmarsh Stadium. Almost three thousand people there. Mm. Four all draw. I did see that on the news last night. Yeah, raining goals. But some hilarious like comedy of errors from both teams. So the first two goals that Canberra scored were from goalkeeping errors from Adelaide yeah. United, from Andy Grove, who um, just misjudged where the ball was going to go. So almost tap-ins. There were three penalties in the game. Wow. That's just ridiculous. So and, and Adelaide United came from behind, didn't they, to equalise? Yeah, they did. In the last minute, Amelia Murray scored, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, Canberra scored to take it 5-4, but the goal was scored offside or called offside. So wow. um, this weekend's going to be huge. Friday night. If you think about sport in South Australia this week, so we've got the Redbacks on, right? Yep, and we, they're doing really well. Yep, we have... Um, Adelaide 36ers on Thursday and Saturday. Adelaide United doubleheader on Friday. Wow. There's a lot of sport happening. There is indeed. We haven't even talked about trades yet either. Well, exactly. And that's all going to reach your head, isn't it, to come Wednesday. So still so much to be done in regards to the trades. Port Adelaide yet to close a deal. And they've got, you'd think, at least three on the table. If you'd count Ivan Soldo, maybe four. So... So much to uh, to unfold. There's other trades that, um, that that inevitably will go through very late. Um, got, got a text message. It was uh, from yesterday, but I was just reading yesterday's text message that came through. Parkinson's Law. Um, someone suggested that the trade week is Parkinson's Law, which basically says, however long you've got, you will fill that time, no matter if it's one week or one day. That's a little bit like trade week. No, no matter what happens, whether it goes for one week, two weeks, three days, or 23 days, the last half hour will always be busy. Totally agree. We'll speak to Adam Cooney about that at 7.30 this morning. Sam Jacobs, the new coach of Woodville West Torrens, will be joining us. Barat Sunderason is finally celebrating the fact that the Aussies have won a game of cricket over in the World Cup, and they are still alive after a win against Sri Lanka overnight. Uh, we're here thanks to Mourn Team Care for family cars at Port Adelaide. But, of course, first, Mark Bickley. Hello. Okay, so our number is one 736 736 We need you to call us right now. Call us now. It doesn't matter what you talk about. You can give us a wrap of your weekend of sport, including your Monday. Um, and just for doing so, if you get your voice on the radio, you will get that Signet Boost power bank. It will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. What else could you talk about, Bix? There's lots to talk oh, about. There's heaps of... There's the uh, oh, Saturday night... I watched the um, Pakistan-India game. I was keen to see what that looked like. Of course, India absolutely blitzed them. But the crowd noise and the the constant noise, every ball just cheering and out of their seat and jumping around, it's just 
absolutely phenomenal. Of course, you've got the 36s broke through. The Redbacks bowled New South Wales out for about 180 yesterday. Nathan McAndrew in his uh, comeback game got five wickets, which was great for him. So lots of stuff going on in the world of sport around Adelaide. And the Adelaide Crows, the, the women's side, remain undefeated. Unbelievable stuff from them. one 736 736 is our number. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. So you call... Get on the air, you get the Signet Boost Power Bank, and uh, we actually have someone on the line that we're going to go to, which is just incredible. We're just getting him through at the moment. Um, weather-wise today, we're going for 22 degrees, which is beautiful. Weird conditions over the weekend because it was warm and then it got really cold all of a sudden. Yeah, a little few spots of rain yesterday as well, so... Uh, I think it's warming up. The longer the week goes, the warmer it's going to get. So, um, yeah, lovely weather this week. Okay. On one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 736 we're about to say good morning to Jared in One Tree Hill. Just standing by. Um, I mean, it's not me calling up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you One Tree, you changed your address. No, I'm in a, a beautiful uh, area of the northwest suburbs at the moment. Mm. Um, okay, so what we'll do actually, we'll take a breather and we'll have a chat to Jared after this on SENSA. Good morning. Oh, sh- Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 18 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Thanks to Morn Team Hyundai, Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Uh, Bix, before we have our dig this morning, I've got a good dig. Oh, I've got a good dig for oh, you this I can't morning. Wait. We'll do that in a moment. Um, it is 1300 our number. Yes, indeed. Jared has joined us from One Tree Hill. First caller through this morning. Good morning, Jared. Morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, very well, thank you. What are we talking about this morning? Oh, I just was going to put it to you, Bix, what your thoughts are on uh, the Crows. If we if we don't pick up anyone through the trade, will we improve next season? Will we stay the same? Um, do we need another key defender? That's my biggest my biggest concern. Yeah, um, it's a good point. I, th- I think with the you know, losing Tom Duda, you've got Nick Murray who's out with a, a, a knee. I think what you'll find is Chris Burgess who has come in, uh, I know he's played forward for the Gold Coast Suns, but the way it was described, I thought it was interesting. He's kicked 56 and 51 goals the last two years for the Suns, yet when he was recruited to Adelaide, it was uh, from Adelaide's press release was Adelaide recruit swingman. Chris Burgess uh, can play key position both ends, which is a little, I think, maybe a little uh, sneak preview that perhaps he might be earmarked for someone to play in defence. I think the other thing, um, when I look at uh, the, the Adelaide Football Club best and fairest, you look at the players like Rochelle Saligo, uh, Darcy Fogarty, um, there was a whole range of young players who finished outside the top 10. So I think there is some organic growth to, to coin a phrase that's been used before. Uh, I know that Walker um, probably won't be able to replicate that or it'll be unlikely to, to have another year like he had this year. But um, I think blokes like Pedler, Pedler's another one who should spend some more time through the midfield as well. So I think Adelaide can improve. And then you, when you think about it, they had five or six games they lost by under a goal. If you halve that and you win three of those, instead of winning you know, 12 games for the year, you win 15. That's on the that's putting you between sort of fourth and sixth. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic if you're an Adelaide fan next year, Jared. What do you think, Jared? 
yeah, look, I, I'm I'm on the same boat. My only concern is that key de- key defensive depth uh, early in the season next next season. So I'd love to if we don't get them, maybe pick up a rookie or someone. You know, if there's, is there anyone in the SNFL that's um, you know worthy of a spot as a key defender? Yeah, there probably was one, Toby Pink. Toby Pink, <laughs> he's gone to North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, at twenty-five years of age. I, I, I would be surprised. I, I think maybe they might target uh, a young player in the draft. There's a couple of players around where Adelaide sit who are key defenders who are sort of described as ready to go. It's a big ask, but uh, Max Michelani did it last year. But um, be interesting to see what they do. And the other one, the, the elephant in the room, we might get to this, James Borlase hasn't been mm. re-signed. I wonder what... what well, think things will more than likely happen after Wednesday, won't they? Mm, we'll find out. I think so. Yeah. Same with uh, Orazio Fantasia for Port Adelaide. There's a couple of players like that. Um, thanks for calling, Jared. You'll also pick up that Signet Bruce power bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Just a quick one, Bix. You were talking about the Crows and... Um, defensive depth. I saw a post that Tom Duday put on his socials yesterday. Now, tell me if I'm just reading too much into this, okay? Mm-hmm. So the caption on his post was, not how I wanted to leave the number 39 jumper at Adelaide, but I'll be forever grateful for my eight years at this club. Mm-hmm. So am I reading into that that he didn't want to leave, but Brisbane offered him probably more money than the Crows did? I think Adelaide, I think they might be on the record of saying they ended up being a shorter term deal. So whatever that number is, two years, most likely. Uh, and then the other two clubs, uh, which was Collingwood and Brisbane, were yep. happy to do longer term deals. Now, um, the word on the street was that th- there was a five-year deal on the table for a period of time uh, that Tom was considering. Um, and then that that had been... That had been ongoing for some period of time, and then when he did his knee, then that deal was removed. Which I can I can understand when the circumstances change, you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, our number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Keep the calls coming in. Okay. I'm just I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to have a dig. Before you dig, lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind search before you dig online. Every time, byda.com.au. Mark Bickley, it is time. There is a couple of mentions I'd like to make. Certainly as a major sponsor in Vodafone. And Alan Scott, you are wrong. AFLW heating up. Season's almost over. It just comes and goes really quickly. Crazy, isn't it? Adelaide, uh, seven out of seven so far. Two games against a couple of top. Mm. four sides in the coming weeks. So a big couple of weeks for Adelaide. But who are you going to have a dig at? I'm going to have a dig at one of the coaches of... Mm. Uh, I think the, I know where this is headed. I'm talking a former West Coast player and former Essendon player. Yes. Um, and now the coach of the West Coast AFLW side, Michael Pryor. Now on the weekend, I believe West Coast were defeated by the D's. Who Compre- are comprehensively. Reigning premiers, aren't they, Melbourne? Mm-hmm. So... Very good side, as you said, comprehensively. We, we sometimes see these results in the AFLW setup. And his feedback in the press conference following the loss was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, tough result. Um, I thought we started OK. Our, our first half, our pressure was right up there. But at the end of the day, that's um, the team that won the grand final last year against the team that finished last in... 18 teams in the comp and only 10 games. How we play that team is beyond me. That's what you get when you get fixed in like that. So my my question <laughs> is, uh, Michael, are you suggesting they just did, they just fixed you against teams that are ranked lower than your team, so well, you've got an easy run? I, I 
suspected this might have happened, so I did a little bit of research. So they've played seven games. I've, I'll read out the team and the position they sit on on the ladder as we speak. They played Frio in round one, Frio are 13th. The Suns in round two, they're 7th. Carlton are 9th. Sydney, 12th. Port, 15th. Giants, 16th. And then they've played Melbourne, who are 3rd. So effectively, they haven't actually played anyone above 7th on the ladder. Mm. Now, um, not sure what Michael was hoping for, but yeah, just give us the seven teams closest to the bottom of the ladder. Thank you very much. I'm not sure that's how the competition works. Maybe and he could, maybe if it would make Michael happy if the other teams just forfeit, so they guaranteed the points in the win. <laughs> no, in Michael's defence, he's come out since and said I got that wrong. I was emotional after the uh, game, and he retracted those statements. But it was oh really, Michael? You it, got it wrong, did you? <laughs> Give him the benefit of the doubt. It is high stress just after the game. He was disappointed. Team got pumped. But you blame the fixturing. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a good example why eventually, I know the, the season will be extended by a couple of rounds next year, but it's got to get to 17 games pretty quickly, I reckon. Well, I think if the AFL fixturing bosses are listening, I would like the Port Adelaide Football Club to play against West Coast every round next year. <laughs> and I think that's fair and reasonable. Tex would love to play against West Coast. <laughs> yeah, you kick 19 in two games, you kick 200. Uh, before you dig, lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind search before you dig online every time. BYDA.com.au. It is 26 past six. The five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 29 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast going for 22 degrees today. Beaumont Tiles has given away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply still a big show to come. Adam Cooney will speak to us about the trade, which wraps up tomorrow night. Uh, Barat Sunder racing very soon. The Aussies fresh off a victory at the World Cup against Sri Lanka. And Sam Jacobs, new coach of Woodville West Tyrants. Tony's on the Gold Coast and we'll speak to him right after the news. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 247 on SENSA Breakfast Picks. Uh, before the end of the show today, you would have just heard it in the news with John Brick. Um, the... Sports added to the games over the next yes. couple of years are worth discussing, and we will. Cricket standing out, but flag football is the one which raises a few eyebrows, <laughs> I think. We'll talk about that very soon. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is our number. Thanks to Ty Power. Get your free five-minute safety check on the Gold Coast. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, great, Tone. That's the way. Hey, um, I was just listening to you regarding the uh, that West Coast coaching. I just feel like at the moment, because we're still in the infant stage of AFLW and the, the discrepancy between the top and bottom teams is so large that it's the perfect opportunity to actually trial using a promotion relegation system with a short season until the competition levels out and then go back to the north. Mm, yeah, look, I... When you, as you started that sentence, exactly, my mind went to where you were headed with that. Look, it's not a, it's not a uh, disastrous uh, idea. The only trouble is, 
if you've got 18 teams, what's that? You play, there's nine in each uh, division or area, zone, and you, you play eight games. So at the moment, they're playing 10. So there's a little bit of a crossover. I know the, I know the players. The players desperately want their season to be longer. So And I can absolutely sympathize with them. They do a pre-season that goes for three months and play 10 games. And so I, I just feel like the sooner we get the longer season, the better. And maybe there is some consideration. Or when you look at, there is some consideration. When you look at the teams they've played, they haven't played, this is West Coast to a bottom. They haven't played a side that's above seventh on the ladder. And they've played the 12th, 13th, 15th and 16th side. So there is some consideration that has been given. Um, but it's going to take a little time to get that competition even. But the men's competition is 100 years old and they've got mm. crappy teams like West Coast who, who are hardly winning a game and North Melbourne who have won you know, five games out of 50 in the last couple of years. So I'm, I don't know, not sure. Tony, thank you for your call. You also would have heard in the news, Mark Bickley, the story about the $40 million super yacht owned by Clive Palmer running aground off the coast of Singapore. Yes. Um, there were reports whether he was on it or not. And no, <laughs> no, 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 I haven't said anything. What I'm saying is the um, I, in the news, it suggested that we weren't sure whether Clive was on it or not. But a text has just come through from Paul 0427 that says they refl- reflated Clive's boat by lifting him off. <laughs> that's, not, that's not great. No, I, I don't think so. I didn't write it, mate. No. I'm just here to say, if you send a message or call, we'll yes. read it out. Okay. Um, do you want to get into our sports update, please? There's a lot of sport to talk well, about. Uh, hey, give me your view on these uh, these Olympic Games sports. So, um, the ones that have been added and given the green light, five sports, including cricket and flag football, were included in the 2028 Los Angeles Games on Monday after gaining the approval of the IOC. Lacrosse, squash, and baseball slash softball has been proposed by LA Games organisers. So mm. your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts are that they have to be widely played across the world. Mm. And for mine, cricket's more of a Commonwealth sport, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. Slowly infiltrating the rest of the world. So, yeah, I'm not sure You need to that. have a think about the reasons why they're doing this, though. So, uh, and you know who was really, really good at breaking this down? Our very own Hutchie on the Sounding Board podcast. I had a good listen to okay. this. Okay, well, give us the, give us the three-minute version. No, I can give you the 30-second version. Okay. So, uh, India, at this point, doesn't have a huge interest in the games. Mm. They're not overly successful, but I think the fastest-growing population in the world, yep. correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Over a billion people. So, to bring cricket... The T20 format into the games is certainly going to create some hype for the Indian fans who are going to be watching the games if India are competing. Then in 2032, it's going to have a domestic game in Australia being played in Queensland, which also shows the reason why flag football is so big in the States when the games will go to Los Angeles in 28, I think, um, where that has some sort of connection back to their native games. Mm. But I just... Well, once again, the, the almighty dollar is ruling. But yes, what's the national sport of China? Let, let's pick a sport that's a little bit obscure in China. Let's call, I, I don't know whether sumo wrestling still popular in China. But China have got over a Table billion... Table tennis. Yeah. Well, China have got over a billion people. Why don't we do something that, you know, is only played in China just to, just to appease them? It, <laughs> it's just, 
this, this is the thing. People get... Sumo wrestling is also Japanese. Is it? Yeah, well, well, that's why I said it probably, probably wasn't right. Um, but this is why people are cynical about the games. And I think the games has been diluted. Bringing in tennis, bringing in skateboarding and other types uh, of sports that really aren't the traditional ones, I, I think is just... Um, I know they'll say we're trying to capture the... Uh, the younger demographic, but I think they're eroding everyone. I, don't, I yeah. just don't think anyone's really enamoured by the Olympic Games like they used to be. The world, in my in my childhood growing up, the world stopped for fourteen days when the Olympics was on. You just had to be in front of a TV watching it. Now it's a bit passe. Uh, a text coming in on zero four two seven one five four one double six. The thing is with the AFL men's comp, it's that on any given weekend a top team can get beaten by the bottom team, which was shown this year with Hawthorne beating Collingwood, Brisbane, um, etc. Now let's get into our sports update. There's a lot of sport to talk about. Big. Yes, indeed. Let's start with. Uh uh, the Australian cricket team, man of the match, Adam Zampa, has played through back spasms in a five-wicket defeat of Sri Lanka that breathed life into Australia's ailing World Cup campaign. The win gives Australia some room to move after they dropped their first two matches and risked, risked crashing out of contention for the knockout stage with another loss. Things didn't always come easy for Australia. They lost the toss. They struggled to, contra- to contain the openers for Sri Lanka. Um uh, Pereira made 78, uh, Nasanka 61 during a 125-run opening partnership. But then the man, Adam Zampa, came uh, to the fore. He took four wickets. And, uh, of course, Mitch Marsh. Who else was in there? Um, Josh Inglis, a career-best one-day international knock of 58 from 59 balls, consolidated his position in the side. So the Aussies are back in a bit of form. We'll speak to uh, Barat Sunderason just before 7 o'clock about that, who is all over mm. the Men's World Cup. Now, a bold bid to rescue the 2026 Commonwealth Games and salvage Australia's reputation has been revealed by the Gold Coast. Three months after Victoria quit as host citing a cost blowout, Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate unveiled plans to hold a streamlined 2026 Games for $700 million. Mr. Tate met on Monday with Commonwealth Games Australia CEO Craig Phillips and Commonwealth Games Federation Partner uh, Direct Partners Director Michael Bushell ahead of what is expected to be an official pitch in November. What do you think of that? Mm, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I think... It was there in 2018 and it's going to be back there in 2026. It's going to cost a, a lot of money, seven hundred million dollars, mm. and for for what? So this is what I would say: if you love it that much, Queensland and the Gold Coast, you fund it yourself. I'm not all that enamoured with federal funding, so my taxpayer dollars going towards yeah. the Commonwealth Games when we've spent a whole heap up there recently, and we're spending another whole heap up there for 2032, which is going to be the uh, Olympic Games. So. Um, but if they've got all the infrastructure there, seven hundred million still sounds like a lot of money. If you can fund it yourself through the fact that you're going to generate a whole heap of tourism and and people coming to the Gold Coast and and to the state of Queensland, then good on you. It's a good call, Mark Bickley. Let's talk some footy stuff before we get to Barat Sunderason. Um, our Tuesday wash up is going to be at seven o'clock with the five things you learned from the weekend. Paramount Browns, the scrap metal people. Give us some footy stuff, Bix, because trade wraps up tomorrow night. Yes, indeed. AFL Premiers Collingwood have secured a key trade target with the the arrival of Lockie Schulz from Fremantle, uh, who have also agreed to a deal to send Liam Henry to St Kilda. So St Kilda, uh, so, sorry, Fremantle 
have lost Schultz and Henry. Schultz goes to uh, Collingwood. Liam Henry to St. Kilda. The Magpies gave up pick 34 in this year's draft and a future first-round selection that's next year. So most people think Collingwood will finish, what, one to four next year? So we're talking a pick between 15 and 18 and pick 34. So when you add those up, that's the equivalent. It's around pick seven or eight in the draft, which... Lockie Schultz, I think, is a really good player, but is he that good? You know, Isaac Rankin went for five in, you know, in the trade period. Also, the question needs to be asked of what's going on at Fremantle because over the past three years, they've lost a lot of players who have just wanted to walk out of the club. Mm. It's interesting. I, I think West Coast go down the path of, if we can, recruit local players. Mm. Uh, all these guys, Schultz wants to get back to Melbourne. I'm not sure about Liam Henry. But they've also brought some players in over that period. They, they, they've brought in Luke Jackson, uh, amongst others. So it's not like it's just one-way traffic. Rory Lobb came and went. Uh, who else has... There's been a couple in the last couple of years. Adam Chera left over the past couple of seasons. Hmm. Victorian, lad. Yeah, so then that, that must then change their mentality when it comes to recruiting if they can't hold on to players hmm. that are drafted over there, which again ask the question of Harley Reid and what happens when West Coast decides to decide what they're going to do with the draft. Mm. But if you own, if you limit yourself just to that, so they wouldn't, it, Fremantle wouldn't have ever taken Matthew Pavlich. Uh, mm. West Coast would never have taken Shannon Hearn. There's or, always or, anomalies or though. Matt, Rory Sloan, Travis Boak, Ollie Wines, all of those, those players. But mm. still... Taylor Walker. There's the other side of the people that are walking out and, and going home because they can and it's easy to now. Yeah, but also it's it's a dual-edged sword. Think of all the players from Adelaide, for example. So Adelaide, have t- everyone's spoken about all the players that have left Adelaide. What about all the players that have come back? Mm-hmm. So Dawson, Rankin, Jacobs, Scott Thompson, Nathan Bassett. Like there's, over the journey, there's been so many players that have they've come back. It's a, it's just a, it's a common thing. Players at some stage will feel the the need or the want or the desire to return to a, a place where they feel really comfortable around people that they love. It's not unusual. It's like people who travel overseas, work overseas or work in the state, they often want to come home when the time is right. So football's no different. I think the spotlight should be on Frio next year. Results on the field and mm. what they're doing. Well, considering they won a couple of finals the yeah. year before, finished fifth, and then they dropped right away last year. So... Justin Longmuir, he will feel the heat, I think. Definitely. It's 12 minutes to 7 on SENSA. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a huge thanks to DT and the whole team, Morn Team Kia, for family cars at Port Adelaide. We will continue to talk about the trade with Adam Cooney. Uh, Just after 7.30 this morning, um, Scout Recycling Centre, 11 locations across South Australia. We also will speak to Big Sauce Jacobs, the man you just mentioned there, Mark Bickley. And next, to get a full wrap of the Aussies, who had a dominant win just against Sri Lanka overnight at the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup we're at Sunder Racing. And Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Six minutes to seven. Good morning. It's SENSA Breakfast. Just watching some of the highlights from all of the NFL action yesterday. And Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12 when you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. I heard yesterday Bix um, AI, which is dominating the world at the moment, AI has generated a Taylor Swift breakup song. 
for Travis Kelsey, which we might try and get at the end of the week too. I'll try and grab onto that well, for you. Where is this headed? What next? Mm. Uh, text message coming in asking about Geelong. Have they signed any players? Well, in actual fact, they've been busy across the weekend. Uh, the Geelong Footy Club is excited to announce Reese Stanley, Zach Tui, and Gary Rowan will play on in 2024, joining teammate Tom Hawkins, who signed a one-year contract extension on Friday. So there you go. All the uh, the latest there from Geelong. If you want to send us a text, 0427-154-166. Well, Bix, finally, we are waking up to some good news when it comes to the Australian cricket team because we got a win in the ICC Men's World Cup, a five-wicket victory over Sri Lanka overnight uh, with 88 deliveries left. And to tell us all of the details, the highs, the lows, and basically how he's had no sleep for the past two weeks, and that is Brat Sunder Racing. Good morning to you, Brat. Finally, we can breathe easy that we're still in the tournament. Pretty much. Uh, and uh, look, it was a scratchy win overall. You see the numbers, you'd say, uh, oh, Australia, Australia won with nearly 15 hours to spare. Uh, but that for so the first 25 hours, you you were really worried if you're an Australian fan because Sri Lanka were really on top. Uh, they had a big opening partnership and they were well placed to get somewhere close to 300. Uh, and then Pat Cummins just got that look in his eye and things turned around. I mean, there was some weather around. There was a storm. Everything was happening in Lucknow tonight. Mm. Adam Zamper, obviously, as well, uh, did, did some nice work with the ball. Oh, yeah. And look, the way Tampa kind of came into this game after his first three four hours, kind of summed up what Australia uh, had to do. I mean, they looked flat. They were, they were the first to admit that uh, the first two games, and for, like I said, the first 25 hours of this game as well, they looked pretty flat. Adam Zampa didn't start off well at all today. Bowled a long hop, and then a, a loopy half volley in his first over. He had some back spasm issues. Uh, but then once Pat Cummins broke open the game, Adam Zampa really came into his own. And on either side of the range break, it was his four wickets that reached the Sri Lanka and never let them get away from them. We are going to talk about the other results in a moment, Barat, but uh, the 24 hours leading into this match last night or overnight for us here in Australia, there was a, a rumour that Pat Cummins was not going to play and going to be dropped. He ended up playing. But also, for us here in Adelaide, um, Josh Inglis performing with the bat must mean that Alex Carey's probably going to be waiting for a little bit longer to get back into the team. Yeah, I mean, uh, to Inglis first, uh, once they brought him in just for the game of the tournament, had to give him at least three, four, uh, three, four matches to fail or to succeed. Uh, and obviously, he's taken this two to uh, make a crucial half century after some early wickets uh, and see Australia home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, it was a panic call when they brought English in for Alex Carey in the last game. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as a fellow of mighty South Aussie, it is uh, it is a little disappointing. But hey, there is good news in the offering uh, from from a South Australian front. Travis Head should be landing sometime in the country uh, later this week, uh, and we don't know when he'll be available. Uh, but at least there'll be one South Australian back in the mix sooner than you know. Mm. Um, let's talk about some of the other results because, of course, there was a massive upset. Afghanistan <laughs> beating England. How has that gone down over there? Oh, amazing. I mean, look, uh, this uh, one thing that Indians love uh, about 
an Australian team that uh, is beaten, but there's something just totally different when an English team goes down. I, you know, it's like the the whole whole uh, cricket world rejoices, doesn't that? Don't they? And there's always one of these results when England are around, right? Uh, go back to 2011, Ireland beat them, uh, and then Bangladesh beat them in 2015, and this one. Uh, like, you know, people are calling it an upset, but I've rarely witnessed a more comprehensive upset. I mean, Afghanistan outplayed them with bat ball and in the field. Um, and, yeah, what a what a great moment for world cricket itself. Everything that is happening in Afghanistan, they've just been hit by another earthquake. Uh, for those players to rally around each other and pull off results like that, it's really broken open that middle space of the or the middle part of the World Cup or the World Cup table. Uh, there are so many more teams that will benefit from Afghanistan having defeated England, uh, and England just don't look ready. Uh, they don't look like defending champions at the moment. Barat, before we let you go, uh, is it uh, quite clear now that um, India are the, the front runners and the favourites of the tournament, or is it still kind of sorting itself out a little bit? India take on Bangladesh on Thursday, just before Australia faces Pakistan. Uh, would you say they're the clear favourite? I think they are. Uh, they just can't, I can't see any weakness in uh, their lineup. Uh, they still have Arashwin on the bench, Surya Kumar Yadav on the bench. Um, and everybody just seems to be getting into form at the right time, with ball and with bat. Uh, and you can already see what difference it makes when you have someone like Jasper Zomra at the side. Um, yeah, New Zealand and South Africa have looked really good as well, but not as indomitable as India have. And India haven't been an intimidating side in this format for a while. Uh, but just the way they brushed off Pakistan tells you that uh, they seem really hungry to do something special this time. Bharat, we, uh, we love your input into our show. We thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Uh, no worries, guys. You have a lovely day. And say hello to everyone in Adelaide. We certainly will. Uh, Brad Sunderason, who is doing an amazing job for us over um, watching basically every game of the ICC World Cup. And that is quite exhausting because there's a lot of games. There is indeed. I caught a bit of the Pakistan-India game. 125,000 people there. It was just unbelievable. Of course, India brushed Pakistan aside. Did it in 30 overs. Got the run chase. Um, but the crowd noise never stopped mm. the whole game. It was just absolutely remarkable to see that. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like if they make the final. Totally agree. Uh, it is SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past seven. Good morning to you. Happy Tuesday. 22 degrees today, nice and sunny across Adelaide as the sun is shining. Looking out the window of uh, Studio Lumo here, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley still to come on the show. Sam Jacobs is going to join us. Also, Adam Cooney very soon to talk all things trade. Uh, and I think we should talk a little bit of footy because um, there's a lot going on. There's also a lot of silence. There's what would you say, almost 36 hours until it all wraps up the mm. trade. Port Adelaide waiting on a handful of players to see what's happening there with uh, Soldo, with Sweet, with Radigalia, with Zerk Thatcher. You feel like uh, Radigalia, Asaba Radigalia and Geelong, that's the linchpin or the domino that has mm. to fall first. Once I think if, if Port Adelaide had to rank in um, sort of their preference of trades importance. That's the number one. So they need to get that one. And the minute that falls, you just feel like 
the Jordan Sweet one will fall into place. And, and even the Brandon Zerk Thatcher one, it looks like uh, his management have have are firm enough to say, we're not coming back to Essendon. Do the deal or we'll just walk through to the pre-season draft and somehow we'll, we'll organise ourselves to get to Port Adelaide, which generally happens as a rule. So uh, you just feel like Port Adelaide and Geelong have to get themselves organised and try and smash that deal out. And the sooner they can do that, that might create the domino effect for a number of other deals. I think Kane Corns agrees with you. This is what he had to say about Port situation. They can't win the premiership unless they get these deals done, Jono. They're, they're, the depth isn't there. Now, when you look at it in, in totality or you look at it individually and you go, is Brandon Cirk Thatcher going to be the difference between Port Adelaide winning a premiership? No, he's not. Is Jordan Sweet individually? No, he's not. Is Radaglia? Well, m- maybe. But across the board, if they got the four, and I, I think it is the four, I think it's Soldo, Sweet, Radaglia, and Zerk Thatcher that they need to pull off. Mm. I don't know whether that's realistic or not, but Jono, that is a team that is under the pump in terms of for Ken Hinckley and the club and the long time it's been between playing in a grand final and winning one, if they can't get these four deals done in the next three days, they can't win the premiership. Mark Bickley, let's head into our Tuesday wash-up. Paramount Browns, the scrap metal people, and find out what you learned. SCNSA Breakfast, top five things we've learned. Okay, this is where we're starting. Number one, the season's back on for the 36ers. And, of course, Trenton Flowers. What a performance from him on the weekend. He went on a spree, a three-point uh, shooting spree. 18 points in the last quarter, including this one. McCarran, spin move. Flowers for three. He couldn't. Oh, yes, he can. Red hot. Take a bow, young man. Oh, yeah. This crowd are on their feet for one man. Trenton Flowers. Mm, and didn't they need that back? Oh, not back. Uh, just starting on the winners list now. So mm. two big home games coming up Thursday and again on Saturday. So let's hope everyone gets Big by. tests as well, Bix, on Thursday against the Phoenix. Mm. But um, the Wildcats are one of, if not the favourites, to take out the championship this season. They have another next star, uh, Frenchman, Alex Saar. Alex Saar, the next star. If you think about Frenchman, there's something in the water in France at the moment. Victor Wembenyama had an amazing oh. weekend for the Spurs. Did he ever? And then uh, we had our very own um, uh, next star here in Alex Saar, who's a Frenchman too. Mm. So um, if anything, if you're just a basketball purist and you want to see the next kind of crop of NBA draftees go to the Entertainment Center. Get on along and have a look. Okay, the second thing I learned, the ICC World Cup, it's heating up. It's India's to lose. I watched them Saturday night on the weekend. They are a cut above. They dismantled Pakistan. They kept them to a, a modest total and then went on a, a run spree and reached that total in 30 overs. So I know South Africa are going okay. People are talking about New Zealand, but England have just gone down to Afghanistan. Pakistan, as I just mentioned, uh, were beaten comprehensively. The Aussies, back on the winner's list, but still, I'm not totally convinced. So they need to get themselves organised sort of in the next couple of weeks. But uh, played at home, the crowd support that's there, there is sort of like a wave of Mm. momentum that India are surfing at the moment. So I think they're good things. Third thing I learned across the weekend, South Australia for once in a long time, have pretty good bowling depth at the moment. So I mentioned I went and had a little look yesterday at the Adelaide Oval uh, watching 
uh, the South Australians play, the Redbacks play, New South Wales. Nathan McAndrew got a five foot, including he's on a hat trick at one stage, uh, um, but he comes back into the side, gets five. Wes Agar's got three. Harry Conway played, he got two. The reason um, Harry Conway was playing, Brendan Doggett was injured. Um, he had a minor injury uh, just before the game started. So, so he is been very good so far this year so he comes out we know that uh, Buckingham got seven wickets against Tassie he's got a slight injury at the moment and so he wasn't able to play and David Grant's had a side strain Mm. and um, and he's out so generally if you had Doggett Buckingham and Grant not playing you might be a little bit thin but the fact they've still got four quicks they can call on is very good so uh, hopefully they lost three wickets Late in the day yesterday, so South Australia 160 in front, roughly, with seven wickets. Just in be hand. careful. Just don't get too ahead of yourself, I'm okay? Just, I'm just saying. Just be careful. I'm just saying we may not be far away from turning oh, the you've corner. You've done it. You've just you've done it now. Oh, done it. Unbelievable. Just be careful, Bix. Okay. The fourth thing I learned across the weekend this uh, this trade period for Port Adelaide and Geelong. This is just a game of poker. Who is going to blink first? Now Port Adelaide are saying, and and quite rightly, I think 24 was a reasonable ask for Asava Radigalia, considering, you know, he played some VFL footy this year. But Geelong, Geelong's theory is, if you're prepared to offer him five years and $3 million, reportedly, then he means a lot to you. He's important to your future. Then it's not about what he's worth. It's Mm. about what you are willing to pay. And that's the theory that Geelong are going with. So both teams are staring this one down. Of course, Port Adelaide have got Brandon Zerk-Thatcher. They've got Jordan Sweet. They've got Ivan Soldo, all sort of sweating on this deal. As How would you feel if you were Jordan Sweet, by the way? Uh, and then Scott Lysette, whose name hasn't been mentioned. Sam, Sam Hayes is another yes. one. Yes, so there's, there's four the players impacted by this at the moment. So if Soldo is going to be making his way to Alberton, then Sweet, whose name was raised first earlier in the season, mm. um, he would be thinking, okay, so it's not a guaranteed walk-up start because Soldo's a premiership player, isn't he? He played, I think, yep. in um, mm-hmm. Richmond's flag. Yep. Um, so then there's question marks over that and consistency of how many games that Sweet would get. But then Lysette and Hayes are sitting there going, okay, so we're just waiting to find out if yeah. we're staying at the club. We're, we're the, we're the, uh, the booby prize. Yeah. If, if they don't get who they want, yeah. well, they're left with us, yeah, basically. So... Well, it, but once again, that's the landscape mm. that you sign up for, and um, and once this is all settled, so come Wednesday night, that you know pretty much the the trading period is done, and then you just set your course and you go forward. Now, just Sam- confirm for me though, if they if we get to the end of trade tomorrow night and they are not moved on, mm. then Port Adelaide will or can delist them, Absolutely. then they instantly yeah. can move to another club without. Anything they can become they become a delisted free so agent. they can just sign with another club mm. and that's it. So this is so what Port Adelaide are still maybe behind the scenes negotiating is: do these guys have any value? So mm-hmm. can they trade them rather than just be delisting yep. them and then going to somewhere else? Uh, and the fifth thing I learned across the weekend, um, I just had a, a raised eyebrow around Lockie Schultz and the deal that went through from Collingwood. So pick thirty-four and a future first round from Collingwood go to Fremantle. I, d- I just thought that was, you know, in terms of the scale, whether, you know, you feel like that's a cracking deal or whether they've they've paid a premium. And I know he's a contracted player, so you do pay a premium, but that seemed to be a high price for Lockie Schultz. Had a great year, 
kicked 30 goals, finished fifth in, in Frio's uh, best and fairest. And I can get it. If you're like Port Adelaide and you are desperate for a certain type of player, so you're desperate for Asava Radigalia because you don't have that tall defensive player that you're looking for. But I, I don't, just don't see the actual need for Lockie Schultz. I know he's a good player and you always take good players, but they've got... Bobby Hill, Norm Smith medalist. They've got Jack Ginevan. Jack Ginevan averages more goals per game than what Lockie Shules does. Uh, you've got Bo McCreary. You've got uh, uh, Jamie Elliott. So, mm. so you've got a whole heap of those small types of players. Graham Wright, we heard on our show, we, we played a, a grab where he said, oh, I can play in the midfield. That's the reason Taylor Adams left yeah. because there was no room in the midfield for anyone to play. So... I just feel like this is. Um, I just raised the, raised an eyebrow, basically. I so did that, see so that I, on social media last night, and you walked in this morning to Studio Lumo saying, "I went viral last night." <laughs> I did and not you, say that. You had a lot of people getting involved, which is incredible social media form from you, Bart. Because I got you, mainly whacked from Collingwood supporters. Who you haven't said, tweeted since August, so this is unbelievable well, I'm not from a you. Big tweeted, but I just thought I put it out there. Yeah, I, you did. I didn't say this is a disaster. I just felt like. It was a premium. And when I compared it to um, Jordan Dawson, Adelaide got Jordan Dawson for pick 16, and I know he was out of contract, which is different. But that now looks like one of the great trades of all time, doesn't mm. it? And if you compare it going back a, a few more years, um, when you think about someone like Charlie Cameron, he went for one pick, which is pick 12. Yeah. That was all. And when you add the, the, pick, the first round pick, now if... Collingwood win the premiership next year. That's pick 18 and pick 34. Even when you put those two point, lots of points together, that still equals pick eight, which I think, once again, I think it's a premium. Uh, we're in Studio Lumo here, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And thanks to Tire Power, you can get your free five-minute safety check. A few texts coming in, Mark Bickley. 0427-154-166. Daniel wanted to know if Port are becoming the new Essendon. Very difficult to trade and deal with. And also, um, there was a suggestion that the South Australian Cricket Association bowlers, uh, they bat deep. Pardon the pun. The bowlers bat deep mm. um, because they are all recruited from interstate. When will we get a gun bowler from South Australia dominating, dominating the uh, mm. the shield again? Well, I guess if you don't have them here, you got to get them from somewhere, mm. don't you? So they've uh, and, and I think we um, we've been critical of the Redbacks for a long time, and I, I think what we're seeing is uh, the, the domestic competition. There's lots of movement now, and it's it's good. If you don't have them, go get them. And Jake Fraser McGurk's a perfect example. If you want to bolster your batting, I, I think it's exciting. He's 21 years of age. I know he didn't get any any runs uh, yesterday uh, or the day before, really. But um, he's an exciting player, and you want exciting players playing shield cricket. And if that generates or makes it harder for the local product to get in and creates competition and, and sets a higher standard, well, that's how you get good. Yeah, I think a lot of the purists, though, would like to see that natural pathway of South Australians playing well in the Premier League and then getting um, op opportunities to well, play for their state. Like when Joel Garner played and yeah. Greg, Greg Chappell and Don Bradman and how many other players? It's always been a thing. Oh, we are on fire this morning. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is take a breather, Mark Bickley, because I think you need to cool down. The run home with Kimbo on the route Barry for three Richards. this afternoon. Um, I want you to think about the answer to this question. We'll okay. come back with your response. Should Hawthorne welcome back Jack Gunston? Think about that. On the other side, we're going to ask to answer that question and also we'll let you know what's going on with 
Harry Petty from Melbourne, potentially to Adelaide, but probably not. It's 16 minutes past seven. Minutes past seven, 22 degrees today across beautiful South Australia. Mark Bickley's here in Studio Lumo with a shiner on his face. He was assaulted by a basketball on the weekend. My son threw it, rebounded off the ring, donged me on the nose. Um, it's not good. <laughs> not ideal. i tell you what, it, it doubled me over. Adam Cooney very soon with our uh, trade radio update. Don't throw away cash. Bring your cans, bottles, appliances and more to a Scout Recycling Centre. So Bixed, just before I asked you about Jack Gunston, who spent, well, not even 12 months up in mm. Queensland playing for the Lions. He famously, alongside Daniel Rich, self-omitted halfway through the season and basically wasn't seen um, following on from that, he was available, I think, for selection for the been, grand final. In the emergency in the grand final. Yeah, so he's suggested that he wanted to go back to Victoria specifically for Hawthorne. Mm. Um, yesterday, David King had a fair bit to say about it, saying that he shouldn't get the fairy tale return and that Hawthorne should be playing some of those young players like maybe Ochoal and uh, now Mitch Lewis getting an opportunity. Uh, where do you sit with this? Should it be as simple as Jack says, I want to go back to Hawthorne? And they go, yeah, no worries, mate. Welcome back. Well, there's a couple of things here. I, I can only suspect. Now, on the exposed information we have now, we know that Jack suffered a personal tragedy last year where his father passed away unexpectedly. Um, and I, I just wonder whether that has something to do with it. Now, if I put myself in those shoes um, I, and I was away from... My family, particularly, you know, you don't know what the scenario is, but you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't begrudge him if he wanted to be back closer to his mum. And and the whole thing about going back to Hawthorne, to me, I I I bloody love this. If he's a what is he a three or four time premiership player? Three, three time, and he could go back and he could go back to, you know, a club that's right next to the premiership window. But I love the fact he goes back to a club. And says they're probably not going to, in my football lifetime, not going to play in a premiership or a grand final. But they're a very young team. Can I use the experience that I have? Can I use the craft that I have? And he is one of the craftiest players going around in terms of forward smarts and and all those things. And they've got a young forward line. Can I give back to a club that actually put me on the map? I, I think that's fabulous. As opposed to going to a I don't know, pick a club. Could have went to Collingwood. Could have went to uh, Melbourne, who needed a forward. Could have gone to any of those clubs and chased a premiership. But he said, no, I wouldn't mind going back and helping out my club. And I, and if he's not good enough to get a game, that's fine. He doesn't play. But the, what he brings in terms of professionalism and all the other stuff, Monday to Friday, is great. And if he can be an experienced player, a la Luke Hodge, who went to Brisbane and organised the, the back six, if Jack Gunston goes back to Hawthorne and organises the front six, that's got to be a plus. He's a coach who's out on the field, effectively. We have spoken about Port Adelaide. Let's quickly talk about Adelaide because there's still questions being asked of Melbourne's Harrison Petty. We're wondering what happens with the Shane McAdam deal as well. So let's have a listen to Tim Lamb, who uh, is the list manager, is that yes. right, of the Melbourne Football Club? Correct. Let's hear what he had to say. We've had a um, number of chats with Harrison and we understand Harrison's a really good player. That's why Adelaide would like to get him and that's why we're keeping him. So as we move through this period, there's, there's more and more of this sort of stuff goes on and it's, it's just part of the industry now. But yeah, we've had you know both Simon and 
and Richo and myself have spoken to, to Harrison and, and he's aware of our position and um, we'll work to hopefully not having him only for the next two years, but for an extended period after that. Mm, yep, shut the door. In the end, both player and club have to agree for a trade and Melbourne would look at their final series this year and, and they've gone out in straight sets for the second year in a row. They had more scoring shots, uh, <clears throat> 20 more inside 50s in that first final against Collingwood. Just could not find a forward to actually take a catch or compete in the air. Harrison Petty in the back half of the year was was that player. Kicked mm. six goals in a game at the MCG. Uh, so, so they see him as being absolutely pivotal to what they're about going forward. So there's no way... They're letting him go whilst they're in the window. The right perspective now. of the Melbourne Football Club in regards to Shane McAdam? Um, yeah, that's on the table. Um, Adelaide and, and us are ongoing in those um, in those discussions, but we think that's a really, really fair offer and um, we're hopeful that that gets it done. So that is a future second round pick on the table for Shane McAdam. Yes or no, Bickley? I just called you Bickley yeah, then. That's all right. <laughs> Look, taking my Adelaide Crows hat off, that's probably roundabout where I thought it was going to land. So when we're thinking about uh, Melbourne, if you think they're probably going to be around the top four again, so, you know, we're talking mid-30s. Remember, Shane McAdam played, has averaged about 10 games a year in the five years he's been at Adelaide. So 11 games a year, I think it is something like 55 games. Played about a dozen games. This year had some suspension, had some injury, played a bit of sandful footy. I'm not sure you can command a whole lot more when, you know, you haven't, had him in your team for you know most of the year before the end of the show i need your nomination for who's making a difference we make a difference save on your everyday living expenses also before eight o'clock on the market to senSA five minute tire safety check at your local tire power Mon team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh are you ready are you ready are you ready are you ready let's go 28 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Hey, Bix, before we head to the news, I wanted to give you a nomination for the good stuff, if that's okay with you. You can yes. get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27. Um, almost 3,000 people went to Hindmarsh Stadium on the weekend to have a look at Adelaide United. Their women's team play their first game of the season. It was fantastic. A four-all draw against Canberra United, and the attendance was brilliant. And that's what I wanted to talk about, the attendance for the A-League women's matches over the weekend. Yeah. Some big numbers, wasn't yeah. It? So, we were having a chat about the flow and effect from the FIFA Women's World Cup. So, Saturday was remarkable because two records were broken a few hours apart from one another. So, the Central Coast Mariners played against the Newcastle Jets. So, there was a crowd of 5,735 there, a regular season crowd. And then later that night, 11,471 attended Sydney FC and Western Sydney. Yeah, so, the dirty. first two games of A League women broke the attendance record for any round in the top flight's history. 15,995, which had lasted for nine years. The Sydney fixture was a new record for domestic women's football match in Australia, beating the 9,519 who watched Sydney play Western United in the grand final. So round one had more people in the grand final. Yeah, remarkable, wasn't it? It's and really, really that good. Is, uh, that's kudos to everyone at Football Australia to be able to 
sort of like you said maintain that momentum and the uh what was brought and yeah. what was created through the women's world cup shout out to adrian stanter too because the three major signings he made for adelaide united's women's team all scored on the weekend too so making an impact straight away um if you're moving house use the team that's easy and affordable budget car and truck rental 13 27 27 we'll talk all things trade next with adam cooney Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 22 minutes to 8. Good morning, Adelaide. The 17th of October. We are heading for 22 degrees today. Sam Jacobs not too far away on the mark. Very soon, Mark Bickley as we are in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. A big day on SENSA. The run home with Kimbo and the Roots a little bit later on. Followed by Sports Day SA with Blighty and Wills. And uh, you can, of course, listen to all of those shows via the SENSA app. Um, Mark Bickley, let's talk trades. And I have something to introduce our next guest with. Mm-hmm. How do you respond to this comment, Mark Bickley? Asava Radagalia is more important to the successes of Port Adelaide next year than Ollie Wines. Mm. Yeah, well, there's... there's uh, I'm not sure there's a, there's a whole lot of truth in that, but there's also <laughs> there's a, also things like legacy and, and the way you treat your players. And, um, and I'm not sure that, you know, like getting rid of someone like Ollie Wines to facilitate a punt, which is a Sava Radigalia, which is what we're, I'm assuming that, that person's talking about, I think you want a bit more than just a Sava. Well, that person joins us right now, and that person is Adam Cooney. Good morning to you, Coons. Have I just started a biff with Mark Bickley and yourself? <laughs> uh, good morning, fellas. No, no, Bix is, is right. You would want something more than um, just that straight swap. But I, I think that Ollie Wines has been squeezed out of his natural position, and he doesn't look to me like he really enjoys his time on the wing. I think he would fit really nicely into Geelong's midfield and, and you talk about legacy I think he's he's got a, a pretty strong legacy at Port Adelaide hmm. regardless of where he finishes his career and I think if Port Adelaide want to win the premiership they need a couple of key backs and um, Asava Radagalia may get them closer to winning a premiership than, than Ollie Wines being lonely out on the wing next year. Now uh, Adam uh, thank you for coming on our show I didn't realise that was coming from you and a shoot. <laughs> AFL judge, so I was taken a little bit aback from that. Thank God I didn't say, who was the peanut that said that? Um, no, you're right. We, we've spoken a fair bit about Ollie Wines playing wing last year and how it wasn't his best position. And uh, I, I think we all wondered whether Port Adelaide might explore that option to try and get some some draft capital to be able to facilitate all these moves. You know, Asava, they've got Brandon Zerk-Thatcher, Jordan Sweet, Ivan Soldo. Do you think that all four of those uh, moves will get up for Port Adelaide, considering, you know, apart from, uh, I think they've got some future picks and, and Xavier Dersmer, there's not a whole lot of other draft capital they have. <laughs> well, they don't have a future first next year. So no, that's right. that hurts in terms of the Radical Air deal, which is uh, 25 has already been rejected. So... Uh, yeah, they're stuck at the moment. Uh, most people seem to think that the Zerk Thatcher um, Dersma straight swap could work. I mean, Essendon supporters want something more than that, and Port Adelaide supporters want something more going back the other way. So every Port Adelaide supporter rates Dersma better than Zerk Thatcher. 
and most uh, to all Essendon supporters rate Zach Thatcher more than Dersma. So it's a confusing one, but that's the time of year. Uh, we do hypothetical trades, and I do a mega trade every day, which has become really stressful and bad for my mental health. So I'm glad <laughs> that this trade period is nearly over, because as soon as you throw up a player's name, inevitably the supporters from that club argue that he's worth way more than the trade that you're actually dealing with another club. Then the other club says the exact same thing, and then everyone starts fighting on my Twitter feed, and it's just an upsetting time of year. You're in the <laughs> trenches. You're copying uh, shrapnel from both directions, uh, Coons. Uh, I, I sort of got a little bit of that last night. I suggested last night that maybe Collingwood paid a real premium for Lockie Schultz playing a first-round draft pick next year and a, and a sort of mid-second round this year and copped a fair bit of flack from Collingwood. So I feel your pain, mate. Um, now, what about the mega trade for today? Where, where, which, which direction might that be heading? Well, unfortunately, we're just about out of mega names. <laughs> so uh, the mega trade could become a minor trade over the last uh, couple of days of the period because all the, all the big names are left. I've traded out the, the number one pick to West Coast to about eight or nine different clubs over the last two weeks. So we've done that one to death. And I think Harley Reid said he was actually pretty keen to go to the West Coast Eagles. So I might stop trying to um, trade him out of the club. But, um, well, Jack Billings has got to get done. There's a few other deals. Marby or Charles still on the table. Um, we believe that Orazio Fantasia is into his fourth day of his medical at the Giants. So we'll see how that goes when he finishes up. <laughs> He's like the Bionic Man. They've got to rebuild him. Uh, Adam, what about um, one of the clubs that you played for, the Western Bulldogs? There was some discussion around the 10-year deal that Aaron Norton got, what the impact that would be on youngster Jamara Jamara Hagen. Does that worry you at all? Would, or would it worry Bulldog supporters that maybe he feels like uh, he, he may have been... Some of his future earnings may have been squeezed. Uh, I don't think it's going to affect his future earnings because he could probably get a bumper deal uh, 10 years plus at another club, earning more than what the Western Bulldogs could offer him now that they've signed Aaron Norton to that longer deal. It does worry me that they're going to have to pay him uh, north of 900 to a million dollars over the next six or seven years. And also Tim English, the All-Australian Ruckman, He's out of contract as a free agent next year, and he's going to be putting his hand out mm. and saying, well, if these guys are getting these long-term deals, I want one as well. So I fear that they may have to lose Tim English. Um, and I thought that there may be some stronger discussions about it this year, given that uh, the West Coast Eagles have, have got the number one pick. He's a Western mm. Australian uh, as well. I, I sort of you have to factor in that he could go back home as a free agent next year, and they'll only get a first-round compensation pick for him this year. If they drove a, a hard bargain, they could have possibly traded out English this year and somehow found their way to the number one pick and then they can afford to sign Jamara to a long-term deal. But I'm not sure if they can sign three guys on over you know a million bucks when Marcus Bontempelli still needs to get paid. Mm. Um, Bailey Smith, if he has a good year next year, I mean, he's going to want 800 grand a year. <laughs> and then you've got Libba, who needs, needs to be paid well next year as well. Sounds like you're trying to execute the uh, perfect reverse parallel park at the moment with your <laughs> census. So we'll let you go, mate. We appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, thanks, Adam. Interesting to hear uh, Nathan Buckley talking about that number one pick as well. Mark Bickley, let's hear what he had to say. If you could get three picks in the first 20, like if that's where the, the way it ends up, 
I mean, I don't know how good Harley Reid is. I haven't seen enough of him. And, and there would be, you know, people that would just say, no, you just need to get that player in. But if you could, if you could spread the risk and or, or the or the upside, you know, for a, a side that is in a regeneration phase in, like West Coast, I would be, I think I'd be looking at the best deal that you could get if you could get if you got three picks, you know, between I don't know between eight and or yeah. if you could get a three and then a fifteen and an eighteen, I, abs- like I just can't see why you wouldn't well, North do has- that. Mm. Yeah, look, I. I, we had this discussion last week mm. around North Melbourne were talking about giving up three picks inside 20. Um, I, I think you'd want something in the top five and something in the top 10. I, I reckon the the strike rate of players in the top 10 is fairly high these days. Not many misses in the top 10. So, And you just feel like two players is better than one quite simply and particularly when you're right down the bottom and you've got a talent deficit if you can and and the west coast eagles did this last year where they traded out their very first pick to get a number of picks um and that worked out pretty well they went with the local product there's a local product again in the top five as well i reckon they'd be pretty keen on so yep um if I'm the West Coast, I'm exploring all those options. Got a text in, Bix, 0427154166, just to focus on the world game for a moment. So um, international friendlies and qualifiers are happening over the weekend and as we speak. So um, it was wonderful to see South Australia's very own Mohamed Toure get four minutes on the pitch on uh, the weekend at Wembley, but he becomes a Socceroo, which is really exciting. So amazing. if you think about the Toure brothers who have played for Adelaide United, Al Hassan Toure, Mohamed, who is now a Socceroo, and Musa Toure, the youngest one, is big raps on Musa Toure, who's part of Adelaide United's NPL setup too. So he might get a start or a, an appearance on the bench for the Reds on Friday night against the Mariners. But there's also other big matches going on, and there's actually a fair bit of drama in one of the Euro qualifiers between Belgium and Sweden where this was suspended at half time after there was a shooting in Brussels. So about five kilometres away from the venue, um, Belgium has raised its terror alert to the highest level. A man in a video on social media claimed that he was the assailant and that he was from the Islamic State group. And following this, the Swedish players told UEFA they did not want to play the second half. The Belgians agreed Fans stayed inside the stadium. So, as I mentioned, this match was being played around 5K away from the shooting, and the teams were tied 1-1 at halftime, which is what a, a scary set of circumstances for the players, but for the fans too, who are inside that venue where something's happening so close. Well, the other thing as well is he's trying to communicate the information without creating absolute mm. panic. You, you know, we've seen before where panic sets in and people try and get out any way they can and yeah. they you know people fall over and they get trampled and all those sort of things so um i'm sure people would have been getting information on their phone about mm. what is happening about something's going on um and then trying to make sure that they're given the correct information and and some direction about what to do to stay safe that would have been a really scary uh, period, I reckon, if you were in that crowd. Definitely. It is 11 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. On the mark is next. Minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Six minutes to eight. Good morning, Adelaide. Mark Bickley's here. 
He's uh, been in the wars. Still need your nomination for who's making a difference. So you're going to reveal that after 8 o'clock this morning? Happy to. Thank you. Um, Sam Jacobs, the big source, is going to join us too. Now the head coach of Woodville West Torrens. We've got to ask if he's going to be emceeing Crows games next season as well, the source. find it difficult to combine Mm. the two. I'm going to ask him if he's going to be leading the first ruck for the Eagles. Player coach. Why not? Go back to Malcolm Blight, was a player coach at the uh, yeah. the Woodville Warriors. Mm. Dominated for a while in the 80s. What about this one uh, from Brett, a text message on the uh, the text line? 0427-154-166. Hi, Bix. Sounds like you've progressed to the unco-dad category in life. That's on the back of getting hit in the head with a basketball and taking a bit of bark off the nose from my son. I did think you were punched. <laughs> When I saw you this morning in the dark alleyway that we quickly paced through because we're both scared every morning. It's actually improved. It was it was a bit more swollen. It happened on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. I can't remember. Saturday morning? Anyway. We're going to take a photo of it and put it on the no, socials. No, we're not. We don't need that. Why? Because you don't need my ugly puss on Sorry? scaring people away. Okay. <laughs> Look at the dogs on the mark. Every good side has a good captain, Mark Bickley. Mark Bickley, I'll read out a few statements. You have to say if they are on or off the mark. Yes. Let's go. Port Adelaide will get Soldo, Sweet, Zerk, Thatcher and Radigalia. I think that's off the mark. I'm not sure they'll get all four. I, I, I think maybe Ivan Soldo might just miss out. I think he may stay at Richmond, but they get the other three. Scott Lysette will be at Port Adelaide next year. Mm, I think that's off the mark as well. I, I think he will have some suitors. And if there's a two-year deal out there, I think that may usurp the one-year deal that Port Adelaide will most likely offer. James Borlase will be at Adelaide next year. Mm, I, I'm sort of stumped on this one I don't actually know my feelings are that my I I think it's unlikely now I think the longer this goes the less likely it is that he gets signed the only thing I can think of is maybe Adelaide have some irons in the fire for a uh, to do a deal with a defender to bring a defender Mm. in if they do that James is in strife maybe if they miss out on a defender then he may well sign another contract. So this isn't called unlikely the mark, it's called on the mark or off the mark. James Borlase will be at Adelaide next year. Yeah, so I'm saying it's, that's off the mark. If he's if, if I had to lean one way, I'd say I'm leaning towards not being there. The Redbacks will set New South Wales 500 and they'll get that target in 15 overs. <laughs> that's off the mark. The Redbacks will set them about 320 plus, hopefully. They're 170 in front now, and then uh, their bowls will get it done, and they will um, win outright, which is the first time for a little while, I would suspect. If Port Adelaide can't get the Zerk Thatcher deal done, and he wants to play in South Australia, could Adelaide swoop in late? Uh, Off the mark. I think he's the one of the good thing that Port Adelaide and Brandon Zerk Thatcher's management have been able to do. They've stayed on the same page, and he's come out yesterday and said, "I'm not going back to Essendon because Essendon have said, oh, well, you know, the three year deal's still on the table. Mm. We still want him. It's always there's a home here for him.' So 
they have to get that point across that if you don't do this deal, I'm not coming back. I'll go, I'll find my way to Port Adelaide through the draft. So he's nominated Port Adelaide and the the majority of players that nominate get to where they want to get to. The day after the trade period is finished, there'll be a story about a trade that was done in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. That is on the mark. It happens every year. Someone was seen running down the corridors and it just made it through. Mm. Alex Carey won't play again in this World Cup tournament. Oh, this is a tough one, isn't it? Mm. Yes, well, we know that Inglis, uh, a runner ball 50, 58 or 59, so that was very impressive. It's really, right now, Inglis is in the side. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. If he keeps making runs, you suspect that he stays in. So Harris, that, that is... Uh, that is on the mark. Harrison Petty will end up coming to Adelaide in a few years anyway. Off the mark. Okay. Um, CJ Bruton should buy Trenton flowers for saving his job on Saturday night. <laughs> Not sure about saving his job, but he certainly made his life a whole lot easier. And um, CJ would have a spring in his step, I would think, this morning. The Wallabies stink. Our men's cricket team is smelly. The Diamonds, Matildas, women's cricket team is holding up Australian sport. Yeah, the girls. On the mark, 100%, and has been for the last 18 months. Mark Bickley should stay away from sport considering his horrific nose injury. <laughs> On the mark. And and the fact that I'm getting old. And maybe my reflexes are slowing down, as Brett said. Hold on. What is it? We've got an AFL book. Reflex. Yeah, good catch. Oh, well done. He's still got it. Hey. <laughs> Well done. Uh, very nice work. Someone else who's still got it is Sam Jacobs. We speak to him next on SENSA. And Afghanistan have the greatest victory in their history. This has been a remarkable evening here in Delhi. They have outplayed England and a huge smile on the face of their coach, Jonathan Trott, and their players now who gather in a huddle. That's unbelievable, well, isn't it? And our very own Rashid Khan took three wickets yep. and dominated, which was outstanding. Dominated him with the bat, dominated him with the ball. So well done to Afghanistan. Now it's time to turn our attention to the sandfall because even though the season is over, the Bays are still celebrating. It's a disappointing year for Woodville West Torrens. Uh, it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bixol was at their uh, best and fairest awards where they farewelled Jay Cheedy, who's a premiership coach, state team coach. Um, also, they farewell Jesse Lonigan, Jimmy Tumpus, mm. Dan Menzel earlier this season. A changing so of the guard. I feel like that. And it was only a few hours prior to the best and fairest. There was an announcement that they have a new senior men's coach. And we are all delighted that that coach is our next guest. Big source, Sam Jacobs. Source, congratulations, mate. Thank you very much, Walshy. Bigs, how are we going? Yeah, very well, Sam. Now... Just want you to talk us through this scenario. How, how did it all come up? Did you approach the Eagles? Did they approach you? Give us a little rundown. Yeah, I guess it was early September, so I guess a little little while ago. We, I guess they reached out and we sort of had a discussion around how it could potentially look. And, um, you know, I've always had an interest in coaching and obviously done a little bit, obviously with yourself as well, Bix, at, mm. at Emmanuel. And um, so I was probably, I guess, two to three years probably ahead of where I exactly saw myself because mainly, mainly because I still just wanted to keep playing. Um, local footy because obviously I love playing but uh, went through the process it was obviously pretty tedious and um, it was uh, it was an enjoyable process and um, I was very thankful and very honoured to get the job 
Well, you had a great year this year. Did you win the medal? You won the premiership? You, you did everything at your, your footy club, Flagstaff Hill. Um, what about the desire to keep playing? I, you know, I look at you, you're in reasonable shape. Um, is there any inkling that you could potentially play at any stage? <laughs> not not for the Eagles, Dick. I think uh, I think I'll save that for Flagstaff Hill or, or get back to our Drossen through kick at some stage. But um, I guess now I'm 35, yeah, obviously 36 next year. So um, it would have been nice to keep playing, but um, you can't pass up opportunities like this. Hmm. So you're also taking Gavin Colville on the journey with you, which is awesome. He's been a senior coach in his own right, but his, his playing record speaks for itself. Was it really important to you to make sure that your coaching staff was one of experience to assist you as your journey begins? Yeah, absolutely, Walshie. That was a key part of my... I guess my presentation was that I need to get a senior figure around me. Um, I know I don't have as much senior experience coaching as, as others, but you know I'm pretty comfortable that I guess my strengths outweigh my my experience, and experience can be learnt. So, um, you know, I'm I'm a real people person, and um, I guess that's my my main priority with my players, especially. And to have Gav next to me, who's been able to give me that, you know, he's he's a um, he's a uh, TAFE lect- uh, sorry uni lecturer as well, so. Um, he's got the teaching sort of side of it as well, so he's going to be uh, he's going to be huge for me, and I'm really looking forward to reuniting with Scratch after we played some footy together back in 2006. Tell us about some of the the coaches and players and periods that have really influenced you in your in your coaching sort of the, the direction you want to take. Yeah, I guess it's it's been it's been really good from a reflection point of view to to go through that process for that reason. Um, you know, I look at someone like David Teague, who's he's a um, he's a people first coach. Obviously, protect his players to the hill. Um, you got Don Pike, who's you know that real high performance. He he really gets the most out of performance wise. You know, pretty hard taskmaster at times. You know, Scott Camparelli is another type that um, you know his his X's and O's are obviously outstanding. Um, uh, you've got Mick Godden, who who's been a big influence, probably more on my coaching recently because I did that year assistant coaching with him. And then uh, you throw in mentors like yourself, Bix, obviously at Emmanuel. Uh, you coach me back at the Crows, so um, there's lots, there's lots you can take from everyone, and I think that's the great thing about coaching. The thing that's the thing that excites me to be back in footy is there is there is no endpoint. You continue to learn, you continue to get better. Have you had a chance to have a speak to the playing group yet, Sam, or chat to potential players that you are going to bring in? We've had a few texts coming in where um, a few Eagles fans wanted to know potentially some recruits <laughs> that could be making their way. Yeah, so I spoke to the boys oh, a couple of Thursdays ago um, when I got announced. But I guess the things I wanted to make clear to the players as well is that this, I'm not coming into a club that needs you know a total refresh. You know, Sheeds has left the left the club in fantastic shape. I know they had their challenges, you know, last year and, and you know previously the year before. But you know, he got an opportunity to blood a lot of these young Eagles guys. And you know, what the Eagles have always been about is is playing their their young ones and. You know, the ability to keep promoting from within and, and getting opportunity is something that I'm really going to give give the boys the opportunity first of all. And yeah, we'll, we'll pick off some recruits and some, some needs and that sort of stuff. But I'm really confident in our top 10. You know, I look at our midfield and I, I feel our midfield's you know, right up there with the best in the comp. So led by Joey Siner and Riley Knight and James Rowan, these types. So um, we've got a lot of growth from within. We've got a lot of guys that, you know, can hopefully play another 20, 40 league games in the next couple of years that'll really propel us to go forward. I did see on social media a lot of people passing on their congratulations, including um, recently retired Panther Bryce Gibbs. Did you tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, do you want to go around again?" <laughs> not quite, not quite. He's a uh, he's a South Adelaide man, giver. So I think I think he's going to be at South Adelaide next year. So 
Um, no, we'll just keep a keen eye on what he does. Now, so you're being too serious for our liking at the moment, but you're a coach now. So let's loosen Good. up a little bit. Tell us about the NBA mm-hmm. because you're a basketball champion as well. Um, have you seen the highlights of Victor Wembanyama over the weekend and who is going to take out the NBA championship? That's good. That's good, Walsh. We can get the footy talk out of the way now. We can have a segment on basketball, I think. So, uh, mate, Victor, he's, he's a cheat code. He's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Obviously, health's going to be his biggest uh, biggest challenge, I think, because I, I just don't think see any other way other way you can stop him. But, mm. um, you know, I think I think the West is looking really strong with, um, obviously, the Lakers improving now. But um, the East is where, I guess, the real challenge is going to come from with the Bucks, Celtics, all these sort of teams. So, um, mate, it's given me more sleepless nights worrying about my fantasy team to make sure I've got the right mixture and the right balance there. So, um, playing fantasy for the last seven years will hopefully hold me in good stead coaching. Are you still sorry, Bix? Are you still in a fantasy group with the Lizard King, Kyle Chalmers? Yeah, absolutely. He he joined. Uh, I think we're up to our eighth year, and I think he's been in for maybe six or seven. So, um, mate, he's right into it. It's funny. I'll tell a funny story. So we do our draft. Yeah, we'll, we'll be the and- judge of that if it's funny. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So it we're was Bix who said that. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I know, I know. That's the cheek I get from Bix. Um, we're, we're at his house, and here's the 100-meter, you know, the world champion, stands up on the blocks. He can't be, um, he can't be, you know, faulted at all. He's just strong, big presence. Um, we get a draft night. He, he literally stands there. He sits on his own, on his computer, tucked away in a corner, has his picks, and then he just goes, lays on the couch because he can't deal with the pressure of... Um, of uh, of drafting, so he's the uh, he's the world champ, Un- unflappable, but he can't even draft his players and keep his nerve there. Mm. Well, we spoke to him earlier in the year, and he was talking about doing some um, other work away from it. He's working as a contractor, I think. And I, I saw him. I was walking down Jetty Road the other night, and he was in the uh, the fluoro trading. Mm. So he's obviously been doing some really good work there. So um, just quickly, source. Now that you're coaching, you can forget about all this other stuff. That just goes by the wayside, mate. You're uh, you won't have time to do any of this basketball and be staying up to date with all that. You'll be coding games. You'll be uh, pulling your hair out, worrying about players and recruits, all that stuff. It's going to be hard work for you. Well, you've got to find a balance. That's probably why you're no longer coaching. You probably went too hard. <laughs> you've, got to make sure you, you've got to make sure you got the balance. So, um, no, Christine, Christine, our president, is, uh, she's, she's really big on that with me to make sure I've got my balance and um, similar to you guys, I've got a young family as well, so um, I'll make sure they, they come along from the journey. And I think that's the beauty of SANFL footy, and I'm really passionate about SANFL, is that it does real, have that real grassroots sort of feel, and I'm looking forward to getting my family along and friends along and all that sort of stuff to come along. So I'm um, looking forward to hopefully making their SANFL better and, and enjoying, hopefully, some success. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do that. On the text line, 0427 Terry has posed the question, do you have to have red hair, red hair to get on the coaching panel at the Eagles? <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> yes. We, uh, we, we, might, we might look to get Joey Pedler, give Joey Pedler a, a nice little shout out, bring him back. Paul Lindsay can be my rock coach. So. You can get Nick Little in if you need him from um, South Adelaide a little bit later on. Um, Source, congratulations, mate. Um, I, I think... Um, and I know that you weren't at the best and fairest, but the thing that the club uh, and Christine especially talks about is connectivity. And there's no one more suited to bring people together than you. So we know it's going to be a success. The Eagles fans would be really excited to hear what you have to say. And um, we both know you quite well away from football and the microphone. And we, we just want you to succeed. And we know you will because of the person you are. So congratulations, mate. And, um, and good luck moving into next season. 
No, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, thanks for all your support of the SANFL. Let's uh, continue to make the competition great. Sam what Jacobs joining us there, the coach of Woodville West Torrens. It still sounds a little bit unique saying it, the coach mm. of the Eagles, um, but it's a good story as well. His, his junior club growing up when he wanted to come over here and play Sandful before moving into the AFL system too, so having a bit to do with them, which is quite fitting. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Yep, and no doubt, and helps the profile of the Sandful as well, and and like all coaches at Sample level, like they, you put in so much time and energy. Like you know, if you if you worked out the hourly rate, it wouldn't be all that much for the Sample mm. coaches because they give everything they have. And uh, as Sam said, it's a fantastic competition. It's a pathway for young players to be able to to make it to the AFL if they're good enough. But if they're not, it's just a it's a great competition for blokes to showcase. Uh, their footy at the, the highest level possible here in South Australia. 14 minutes past eight. Good morning. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 19 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Been a very big show today. Barat Sunderation, we spoke to Sam Jacobs just then from the Woodville West Torrens Football Club. Adam Cooney from Trade Radio. Speaking of which, Bix, uh, Kane Corns has just mm. revealed his legends list, which is his version of the top 10 players traded so far in 2023. So this will wrap up uh, the end of tomorrow night. Uh, there'll be a lot more players added to this list. So I want your initial reaction okay. here, okay? Yeah. Do you want me to go from 10 to 1, or do you want me to go from the first and most important player to 10th? No, go the other way. I, w- I want you to build the suspense. Okay, in 10th position... It is Matt Flynn who has moved to the West Coast Eagles. Thoughts so far? Well, was there only 10 trades yep. at this stage? Okay. Um, in ninth position from North Melbourne, it is Zach Fisher. Yep. We're feeling good at the moment? Yep. You're not good. buzzing me out yet? No, no. Keep going. Okay. In eighth position at St Kilda, Liam Henry. Mm, yeah, it's got a touch of the, the, the Bobby Hills about it, maybe. So, uh, yeah, keep going. Okay. We'll give you a tick on that one. In seventh Tyler Brockman, the Eagles. Mm. I would have Liam Henry ahead of Tyler Okay. In sixth position, it's Ben Mackay. Sixth. 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 Not sixth. Sixth. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. Top five. In fifth, at Essendon, Jade Gresham. Mm, I, I, yeah, I think, I think Mackay's in front of that. In fourth position, yeah. Tom Duday. Yep, happy with that. Okay. The top three. In third position, at Sydney, Taylor Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tick. Okay, so the top two. In second position, Sydney Swans, Brody Grundy. Yeah, that's up there. The top player traded so far in 2023 at Collingwood, Lockie Schultz. Mm. Happy? Yeah, look, we haven't really... Uh, it hasn't been a a, you know, a marquee-style player that's you know been touted as leaving. Taylor Adams caught everyone a little bit by surprise. I think we all had our head around Grundy. Schultz was a bit, a bit one out of left field, uh, had a good season. But we'll see what happens. I think what generally happens is there will be something that will come up late. And when the dominoes start falling, mm. I think that uh, some some things that have been in the shadows may come into the, the light. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's a bit of activity over the next 36 hours. I think there will be. 
And this is going to be an exciting time. Thursday is going to be massive for us, Thursday morning. There'll Cannot be a lot wait. to unpack. Hmm. But I think if we go back, remember when Jordan Dawson was traded to Adelaide? It was a very quiet trade period. Yes. And, and the, the whole discussion was, well, it's been a quiet period because we're talking about the blockbuster trade with Jordan Dawson. Well, as it's turned out... He's it, a captain. It has turned out to be a blockbuster trade within... Well, the two years he's been there, he's uh, finished second and first in the best and fairest and become an All-Australian and captain the side. So that's turned out reasonably well. So who knows? Some of these trades that might look lacklustre might come to the fore. 22 minutes past eight. At Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past eight, Mark Bickley. As we wrap up the show today, um, you can listen to everything on the podcast, by the way. We have a podcast. We do some looser kind of stuff at the start of the podcast where we just get to know each other a bit more intimately. Um, (laughs) If you want to see a photo of Mark Bickley's horrific face today it's, you can well it's still better than mine and you've been in the wars <laughs> i've copped the basketball to the face mm. and i've got a bit of bark off but anyway it's not ideal and and i tried to sort of you were trying to get a close-up shot of it and i was sort of trying to hide my face i didn't appreciate that sorry um <laughs> tomorrow morning when we walk into studio lumo are we going to be saying wow what a huge amount of deals that were done yesterday or are we going to be going I mean, is Asava Radigali going to be at Port Adelaide or not? Is stuff going to happen today? It is. Oh, well, well, some stuff will happen. It'll all happen tomorrow. Yeah. One of our um, text message people, uh, sort of our listeners, who sent a text message and talked about Parkinson's law. Yes. That basically says it'll take as long as you give it. So the trade period could go for a month and it'd still be a rush in the last day. It could go mm. for two days. And we'd still get everything done. So you give it a space of time, that space will be filled. So expect a late rush tomorrow, as it is every year. Another question without notice for you, with the Port Adelaide trades in mind. The only name we've really heard is Xavier Dersma. Do you think another name will be thrown into the mix as a surprise to shock a few people? breaker. Yes. So a younger player potentially that would just be traded that no one's talking about at the moment. Do you think it's a possibility? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Or it might be someone like uh, Mead, for example, who's lacked opportunities and and maybe sees himself behind Rosie and Dersma for the next 10 years. So just... uh yeah, stay tuned. Something will come out of left field in the next 36 hours. In five seconds, tell me what you're doing today. Uh, I've got... Time's up. All right, fantastic. Um, I said five <laughs> seconds, all right? Uh, Biggs, we'll catch Sorry. you tomorrow morning. See you then. We are back from six o'clock. Enjoy your day. Good morning.